you're listening to the Davenport Junior Theater Podcast. Welcome back to the Davenport Junior Theater Podcast, the podcast where we explore the past, understand the present, and dream of the future. For today's episode, we have Aaron Randolph III. Thanks for being on the show, Aaron. We're really excited. Well, to thank have you for having me. Yeah, really excited to have you here. Can you talk a little bit about who you are and what you do? I'm Aaron Randolph, otherwise known as uh, Aaron Randolph III, as uh, is on my plays. Um, I uh, am a playwright and composer. Uh, I've uh, written a number of shows for junior theater over the years. Uh, I've been very fortunate that they've uh, debuted uh, many of my plays and uh, musicals, and I've got no be involved. I, I counted the other day, it was about 20 different productions between writing as well as writing original music, uh, music directing, directing, sound design. So I've been very involved with junior theater over the last 10 years. That's awesome. So how did you get involved with junior theater? Well, my original uh, show that I did with junior theater was I was the music director for uh, Snoopy. And I uh, it was an interesting experience because it was actually the very first time I had ever been uh, a music director. And um, it was uh, very shortly after uh, Daniel took over uh, running the junior theater program. And it was very different back then. You know, our audition for the show uh, for a musical, I think we only had maybe 15 students audition. and it was a very small show. Uh, I think the total cast was like eight uh, students. Um, so it was a much more intimate production. Uh, and I really got to know the students and I got to uh, be really involved in um, uh, helping to educate them and teach them. And, and it was a really great experience. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was also, I had the unique experience of, um, I, I was the accompanist for the show. Uh, and they dressed me as Linus, and I played as Aww. Linus on stage. So really cool. I've actually been in a junior theater show in that capacity. Um, but that's how I got started, and, and uh, that was really kind of my introduction to the program. Hmm. Nice. And you were there for about 10 years doing the main stage. So can you talk about some other roles other than music director that you held during those 10 years? Yeah. So um, I've done a lot of sound design. Um, I've uh, between sound effects and original music, I've, I've done the sound design, like I said, for probably a dozen different shows. Um, and then I've also directed a number of shows. I've gotten to direct uh, shows like Hansel and Gretel. And, um, uh, and, and I really have enjoyed the opportunity to direct uh, works. And then also um, uh, writing some original shows for uh, junior theater as well. That, that is that pretty much covers it, but it's, you know, in those different capacities, I've gotten to work with students as well as the other professional artists there. And it's really, um, it's just been a really wonderful opportunity. Yeah. So did you see the program change a lot over those 10 years and were there any like super notable changes? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's grown enormously, you know, like I said, the very first show I did there, there were just a handful of students and now, uh, regularly, they have, you know, shows with 30 plus students mm-hmm. in them. Um, so that's been a big thing. Another element is seeing how uh, the program has become generational. You know, that very first show I did, 
Uh, Charlie Brown was played by Zach Meyer, who of course now yeah. is employed by Junior Theater. So to see uh, kids go from being students to now being in teaching capacities or professional capacities with Junior Theater, um, and then also seeing many of those students go on to uh, say be students at St. Ambrose where I was a student mm -hmm. or uh, go off to do theater in other communities has been really um, amazing to see that evolution and see how they've grown and changed. Yeah. Do you have a favorite or most memorable show you worked on? Oh, uh, you know, I, I have a number of shows that are really near and dear to my heart. Um, I, I really enjoyed working on uh, Daniel's adaptation of Pinocchio. Uh, yeah, that's I think a beautiful that's, show. Yeah, I think design-wise, that's one that every design element, I think, really came together. And mm -hmm. it was such a collaborative uh, work. I really enjoyed that. I uh, really enjoyed working on 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. That was another one that was very collaborative. There were so many different... Uh, in the when I wrote that show, uh, as I often do, I'll put in design elements where I have absolutely no idea how they're going to uh, make them work on the stage, mm -hmm. and I'm just like, yeah, well, they'll figure it out, you know. And so, um, when I turned in the script for that show, it uh, as people who are familiar with Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea know, there's a scene where like a giant squid attacks the submarine, mm -hmm. and um, and it's so iconic to the the story that I was like, you know, I got to have that in there, but I have no idea how they're going right. to make this work. And so I just wrote it in and I thought for sure Daniel would be like, no, I'm sorry, we can't do that, you know. Uh, but no, uh, sure enough, Daniel and the designers came together and came up with a giant like 10 foot tentacles that moved around on stage and they looked fantastic and uh and so that was one that I was really excited about because I put, there were a number of elements like that that just seemed uh, too daunting really to do. And then rather than turning them down, they embraced them and made them work. And, and that's, that's always the most rewarding thing for me um, to, to see something that I have no idea how it's going to work be brought to life. Yeah, definitely. So what have you been up to since um, working on all those main stage productions? Well, uh, I'm currently the artistic director for the QC Theater Workshop. Um, mm -hmm. I've been doing that for the last two years. Um, I've uh, also been involved with uh, other theaters in the area, like St. Ambrose University. I uh, just did the uh, uh, sound engineering for their production of uh, Enemy of the People that mm -hmm. uh just won some awards at the American College Theater Festival. Um, I also um, had one of my plays uh, performed over at Augustana College and then again at their um, summer stock uh, uh, group, the Mississippi Bend Players. Um, so I've been involved with other uh, companies as well. And uh, last summer I did a, just a small tour of uh, a children's show I wrote that it's, it's one of the only children's shows that I've written that hasn't been done at Junior Theater, but it was uh, The Little Prince. Mm -hmm. uh, we took that to Chicago and Iowa City, and um, uh, it ended up being produced by St. Ambrose, and they took that to the American College Theater Festival. And uh, so trying to stay busy with a variety of things and projects, um, 
if you ask my wife, uh, she would tell you I'm too busy with theater <laughs> things and projects. But um, but yeah, no, I I, I try and uh, on average I do probably uh, three productions a year between junior theater and other area theaters. Yeah, I had a lot of friends who were in Little Prince, and I know they had a really good time. And I saw all yeah, pictures. it was. It, it was really, that was a wonderful show to work on. Um, uh, adapting that book uh, was one of the most challenging things I've done because it's such a, it, it's such a rich piece of literature. Uh, yeah. To call it like a children's book is really, I think, undermines just how mm -hmm. deeply beautiful and philosophical that story is. And so um, that had been a long time um, goal of mine was to adapt that into a play. Um, but it just came into the public domain last year. And so oh, wow. um, that's why I jumped on doing that. But um, but that was uh, a really fun project. And, and the folks at St. Ambrose uh, who took it and built off of our original production, I think did a just a fantastic job with that show. Yeah. So how did you initially get involved in theater? Was it as a kid, as a teen? Well, I, you know, my first stage experience was uh, when I was probably like, I wish I knew the exact age, probably like eight or nine years old. Uh, I took dance classes um, and uh, I do not have like a, a traditional dancer's physique. Um, I've always been uh, a little bit of a bigger person. So um, it, it was a, a little bit of a, a strange experience, but but I did jazz dance and tap dance as a kid. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then in high school, um, I, I love dancing. I love performing. And so, uh, when they had the musical at my high school, uh, I decided to get involved with that. And I really fell in love with the theater through, uh, my high school, uh, theater program. I grew up in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and we didn't have anything like junior theater. I wish we would have, because I think I would have naturally gravitated towards it. But um, but in high school, the first show I did was uh, Oklahoma, and I got to play Randy the Dancing Cowboy. And uh, and uh, it was just a lot of fun. And and I, I realized uh, through that that um, I... I love theater. I, I love all the arts. I'm, you know, obviously as a musician and mm -hmm. I, I've also I enjoy visual, visual arts. But the thing I love about theater is it's so collaborative. I love that you're basically, you're working as a team to create something that no one individual could make by themselves. And, mm -hmm. and I, I really get excited about that opportunity to get together with other creative people and make something that is bigger than the sum of its parts. Um, and, and so that led me on to continuing to do theater into college and then uh, on after that. Yeah, so how did you decide to study at St. Ambrose? Well, um, I went to St. Ambrose uh, because I um, originally, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with uh, my life and uh, but I knew I wanted to study a lot of different things. And so I was drawn to a liberal arts education, mm -hmm. uh, the opportunity to be exposed to so many different things. And um, originally I went there to be a music education major because I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I loved the arts. And I thought, well, maybe I'll teach people music. Um, I eventually realized that I really didn't enjoy teaching music like in a formal setting, 
So eventually I, I focused more on teaching private piano lessons, but, um, but I, I focused on St. Ambrose because I just, I love the community there. And I love mm -hmm. the sense of inclusiveness, um, especially in the theater department. The thing, uh, because I didn't go there as a theater major originally, um, but I could still participate in the theater program. That was a huge draw for me because um, I, I still wanted to do plays. I still wanted to study theater and learn about the art form, um, but I wasn't originally committed to being a theater major. Um, and, and at a lot of universities, you can't do that. You know, if you go to a right. school like University of Iowa, um, you don't really have that opportunity to act in a main stage show uh, without being a, a theater student. So um, that was a huge draw for me. And, and uh, it turned out to be really great because it gave me an opportunity to to build a really rounded education um, instead of just having to specialize in one little narrow field, mm -hmm. uh, which I think is a lot to ask of an 18 year old is be like, yeah. here, pick this one tiny little thing that you're going to study and and only do that for the rest of your life. I think a liberal arts education is really great. Um, and so I, I encourage people to to get a liberal arts education. I agree. That's, I mean, I went to Augustana, so I definitely agree with you. Yeah, um, same thing. Yep. So while you were at St. Ambrose, two of your plays premiered on the school's main stage. How did you get the opportunity to do that? And what was that experience like? Well, um, I got the opportunity, I think, largely because I had the audacity to ask for it. Um, I, I don't, I don't know that I really, uh, earned or deserved the opportunity, but they were very kind in, in giving me that opportunity. And, um, I, I, um, took an independent study in playwriting. St. Ambrose doesn't have like a playwriting program. So, mm -hmm. uh, when I knew that that was something I was interested in, I approached, uh, Dr. Corey Johnson and said, hey, you know, I'd really like to delve more into playwriting and focus on that. And so she did an independent study with me. And through that, uh, I wrote uh, a couple of different plays. And um, by the end of it, um, Corey uh, offered the opportunity to produce uh, them on the main stage. And uh, so I took that opportunity. And um, it, it was a very, uh, in retrospect, I don't think I, I fully grasped how big of an opportunity it was. Um, mm -hmm. I just thought, oh, well, they're gonna do one of my plays. We'll, we'll see how this goes. And really now that I've produced plays, I realized like to produce a new play is a huge undertaking and yeah. it's a huge risk um, because you don't know if it's gonna be any good. You don't know if people are gonna like it. You don't know if people are gonna buy tickets to it. Um, and it costs a lot of money even to do uh, a small scale play like we do at the QC Theater Workshop is um, a significant investment, both in terms of money and time. And so uh, I am incredibly grateful. Uh, I was at the time, but I'm even more so now for that opportunity because it really, um, I learned an enormous amount from it. And uh, I think it, I think oftentimes the challenge, uh, a huge challenge is what forces us to grow and improve. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when you set, and this is, you know, to bring this back to junior theater, the thing that I love about junior theater and the thing about that experience is sometimes you have to put people in uh, a slightly 
in water over their head so that they can learn to swim. You know, yeah. if you're always putting people in opportunities where their feet can safely touch the ground, um, it doesn't challenge them to to face their fears and overcome them. And and that was definitely in retrospect those opportunities to have plays produced on the main stage um, was really kind of throwing me in on the deep end. But I I learned a lot through that about how to collaborate with other artists about when to uh, adjust and change your ideas and when to fight for ideas and, mm -hmm. um, when to be, um, you know, when to be a good listener and when to share your ideas. And so, yeah. um, I, I, it really helped me grow a lot as a writer and as an artist. Yeah. So we know that you have written plenty of adaptations and original works as well. So what is your process like when you go to sit down and write an adaptation or an original work? It's, it's actually pretty similar. Um, you know, I, I didn't like consciously develop a process or learn a process because I, I really, uh, other than um, just a general theater education, I don't have a specific education in playwriting. But the process that I've come to realize that works for me is um, the first step, whether I'm writing something new or adapting something is research. And that would be if if anyone is listening to this who is interested in writing a play, that would be my biggest piece of advice is before you write something, research it to death, because the more you know about your subject uh, the, the richer the story is you can tell about. It. Um, I think what happens to a lot of people is they, they write what they know, which you, you kind of have to do, but they don't always come to the conclusion that, hey, I have to write what I know, but maybe I can increase what I know. And that allows me to write a bigger picture of what I know. And so the, the best way to increase that is, is research. And so, you know, if I'm writing an adaptation, the first thing I do is sit down and, and read the original work. Um, and then I read um, all sorts of uh, literature kind of talking about the history of the work, the history of the author, uh, the time period they lived in, the references within that work. Um, you know, like when I wrote uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, I had to read the book, which um, I know some people love the book, but it, for me, it wasn't a treat. But I also then read all about Jules Verne and about, you know, his life. And, you know, why did he write 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea? And what was the world like that he lived in? And, and trying to understand all of those things. Um, but if I'm writing an original work, I actually do a very similar process. You know, if I'm going to write a play... Um, for instance, uh, I've written, uh, well, I'm trying to think of, uh, uh, you know, I, I wrote a, a children's show uh, that was about Greek mythology. It wasn't based on a particular Greek myth, but it had characters from Greek mythology. Mm -hmm. So um, studying those uh, Greek myths and uh, researching that world. And, but if I was going to write a play about, say, rural Pennsylvania, you know, I think a bad uh, trap to fall into is to just imagine what rural Pennsylvania or, right. or New York City or Los Angeles, California is like, just basing it on your, your preconceived notions. You really need to 
to research that and understand it. Maybe you go and live there for a year if you can, but if you can't go that far, take a trip there. Actually drive down the street that you think your character lives on. Pick out a house and go, you know, that's the house. Not just imagine what kind of house, but go find a street, pick out a house, go, that's the house they would live in because my character, you know, has this kind of income and lives in this area. So this is the kind of house they could afford. And and when you start making those sorts of decisions and really forcing yourself to base them on real research, it actually helps you develop a, a fuller understanding of who the characters are and what the story is you're going to tell. So research is really the first step. And then beyond that, it's experimentation. You know, you just, you take that research and you start putting it into scenes and um, you try different things out. One of the things that uh, has stuck with me is a director I worked with um, a number of times once said writing is rewriting. Um, I, I think another um, uh, trap that playwrights can fall into is they fall in love with their first draft. Mm -hmm. And they go, well, you know, I wrote this and I really, really love it. And it makes it hard for them to change it. And sometimes what you'll find is sometimes your first draft is great, but sometimes it's the fourth or fifth or sixth. And you're never going to find that if you're always super protective of your, your rough draft. So you got to try different things out, experiment. You can always go back to the way things were before. You don't have to throw away your first version, but you need to explore other versions and other things. Sometimes if only to just reaffirm that the first way you did it was right. So uh, anyway, I'm kind of rambling, but the, the point is, is um, my, my process more than anything is um, just being open to opportunity, I guess is the biggest thing is don't try and set aside preconceived notions explore, experiment, and collaborate. That's the other thing that I really enjoy doing is, is working with a director and actors to really develop the characters. Um, a lot of times I'll come into a project and I'll have a scene and I'll say, okay, I want you to read this scene and then I want you to improvise the premise of that scene, but in your own voice. Mm -hmm. You know, Because sometimes you'll discover things that you'd never come up in your own head just by giving the actors the opportunity to play around with the material themselves. So yeah. anyway, that's a long answer to, to your question. Great. So the Quad Cities has a pretty vibrant art scene, which I was surprised by when I first got here. And you've been pretty involved in the art scene. So what advice would you give to someone trying to get involved in the Quad City art scene? Well, uh, I agree. I think the Quad City art scene um, both in terms of theater, but as well as other arts. I mean, there's a wonderful music scene in the area. There's lots of visual arts opportunities. Um, and with organizations like Junior Theater, as well as a number of other uh, theaters uh, in the area, uh, there there's so many opportunities. Um, so my advice is, first off, you know, get involved with as many different theaters as interest you. You know, go see their plays, see what kind of work they're doing. If you enjoy what they're doing, then uh, ask the, the folks at that theater, how do I get involved? You know, when are your auditions? Uh, how can I help you build sets? Can I stop by and just paint things? Uh, mm -hmm. My experience is pretty much if you volunteer 
to get involved with the theater. There's very few that will turn your interest down. Mm -hmm. But that having been said, part of the reason that Quad Cities has such a vibrant art scene is because when people aren't finding the opportunities that they're interested in, they create them for themselves. And that would be my, my advice for any artist um, in any community, really, is if, if you're not getting the opportunity to do the sorts of things that you want to do, then make your own opportunities. You know, go out and, uh, you know, not necessarily start your own theater because that is a significant undertaking, but maybe you just do a production. You don't necessarily need a, a, a theater company to just go out and find a, a park somewhere and do a play. And even if all you have is 10 people show up, um, sometimes part of doing those things is just getting the opportunity to learn and collaborate with other people and make new connections. Um, but I think that's a big part of the reason there's so many theaters in the area is because, you know, folks would look at each other and they go, you know, we really want to do this show. We can't find a place that wants to do the show. So let's just go do this show. And if people come see it, great. If not, who cares? We're going to go do this show. In fact, that's basically how the Quad City Theater Workshop got started, is uh, a handful of artists said, we really want to do the play Red. Yeah. And they just went out and found a old abandoned school building and did the play red in it. And uh, as it turned out, almost a thousand people came to see it, you know? So um, it's, that's kind of the way it works is you just, if, if you're really passionate about doing something and nobody else is giving you the opportunity to do it, then make the opportunity for yourself. And um that's that's one of uh, you know again one of the things I love about the theater is it's it's very um, grassroots in that way you know mm -hmm. at the end of the day if there's a handful of people who are willing to get together and do a play they can make it happen um, maybe you can't you know have the grandest set or the most elaborate costumes or some really illustrious space but sometimes really wonderful theater happens in very meager circumstances. Uh, and in fact, sometimes I think uh, meager and thrift is the, the grinding stone that sharpens the blade of theater. Um, but that's just my, my opinion as someone who runs a very thrifty theater company. Yeah. <laughs> so your kids also got involved with junior theater, right? Yes. Yeah. So uh, how, both what what was that like seeing them um, get to take part in something that you had been a part of for so long? Well, it's really great. Um, I, they, they have both had wonderful experiences uh, as uh, part of junior theater and getting to work on shows with them. I got to do the show Arthur and Merlin mm -hmm. uh, with both of my kids. And that's one of my favorite theater experiences of all time um, because I, I got to collaborate with my family on that. I'm, I'm yeah. hoping someday we can get my wife involved too. She, uh, she's a, a very talented theater artist herself. She's a, a scenic designer and a stage manager, but um, she hasn't had the opportunity to, to do anything with the other three of us. But um, yeah, getting to do plays with my children, getting to see them on stage is, um, 
it's it's just a wonderful experience and and it's also it makes me feel less guilty for doing theater when i can do it with them uh, because oftentimes uh, my theater interests sometimes pull away from my time with my family so mm -hmm. um, getting to to collaborate with them is is really uh, a wonderful experience that's great so why do you think programs like junior theater are important to support well, I think junior theater in particular is um, it gives kids a number of really important things. First off, it gives them a creative outlet. You know, kids have so many different interests, you know, and some kids want to be involved in competitive sports. Some kids want to go uh, write computer programs. Uh, some kids really want, like I did, be involved in a collaborative, creative enterprise. And junior theater is that outlet for so many kids who that is their calling in life. That's what they were put on this earth to do. And without a place like junior theater, um, they, they'd they be missing a part of themselves. You know, mm -hmm. it really helps them fulfill who they are. But even beyond that, what I see in the kids, you know, and again, I've been involved long enough that I've seen this transition of, you know, a kid who is 10 or 11 years old now is in their 20s mm -hmm. to see how a program like junior theater gives them confidence. It gives them uh, leadership opportunities, you know, letting kids do things like be a stage manager for a show um, teaches them leadership. It teaches them communication, teaches them responsibility. And, mm -hmm. um, and those are life things that are, you're going to carry with you, whether you go on for a career in the theater or whether you do something else, those are really important things. And the other thing that I think is really great about junior theater is it's such an inclusive atmosphere. It, it really encourages kids to be themselves and to have a positive, uh, reaffirming experience that helps them have more self-esteem and self-confidence. And I think kids need that, you know, there's so many things that young people are exposed to now that really have a lot of negative influences on self-esteem. I think, unfortunately, a lot of uh, online things like social media can really uh, hurt kids' self-esteem and self-image. And so to be involved in something where you're, you're um, being reaffirmed and, and getting some positive experience is really good for kids on an emotional and psychological level as well. Yeah. So all of those things I think are really great. And, and uh, it's a huge part of the reason that I've been involved with that program for over a decade now. Yeah. So my final question for you is, you talked a little bit about this already, but what advice would you give to young aspiring theater professionals? Well, the, the first thing is um, do everything, you know, try everything out. I, I think most kids who get involved with theater uh, get drawn in by the opportunity to be on stage, which is natural and it's great. Uh, I love being on stage, even now as a grown adult, standing in front of uh, a group of people clapping for me always feels great. But I think and this is, again, one of the things I love about junior theater, try everything, you know, do things backstage, do things in the booth, you know, be a stage manager, 
try things out because what you might discover is as much as you enjoy being on stage, there might be something else that you enjoy even more. And, mm-hmm. and um, that's what I found, you know, as much as I enjoy acting, I really, really enjoy uh, design work. I enjoy playwriting. I enjoy directing. And, um, and quite honestly, I do a lot more of any of those than I do of acting now. Um, so try everything. Um, second that goes along with that is try all different kinds of theater, you know, um, do classical theater, do musical theater. Don't, I, I would say the overarching advice is don't put yourself in a box. You know, life is long and there's lots of different things to do. You know, great performers and actors and designers, they, they have a wide array of things that they do and are involved with. And then along with that is, um, like I said, if, if you're not getting the opportunities you want, create your opportunities. You know, if, if you're not finding a theater company that's giving you the opportunity to be on stage or design a show or do a particular play that you're really passionate about, then make that opportunity. You know, create a production where you get to, to be the part that you've always wanted to be. Um, because sometimes um, you have to be your, your own advocate. You know, uh, unfortunately, not everybody is going to open the door for you along your journey in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you have to kick that door open and take the opportunity that you want. Um, and uh, and it, it can be hard to do. And it can be scary to say, hey, I'm going to. I'm going to make a production of this play. Um, but, but sometimes that's the only way that those opportunities will happen. Um, and then the last piece of advice I would give is uh, just like it, they teach you at junior theater, you know, have fun and, and be a good collaborator. You know, as long as you have a good attitude and you're a hard worker and you're a good collaborator, there will always be opportunities for you uh, in whatever you want to do in life. Um, cause those are the things that, uh, they're hard to teach. You know, you can teach someone to, to hang a light. You can't teach them to be, um, a positive person. That, that's something they have to bring to the table. So, um, that, that would be my, my overarching advice. That's awesome. Yeah. I really agree with you with the try everything. Cause I had always been an actor and then I did MVP as a summer stock and it was actually working on your show, a green river that I discovered. I love scenic painting and that's what I've been yeah. doing ever since. So. Yeah. 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 It's funny. You know, sometimes those things where you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. You try it out and you're like, Oh wow, actually this is super fun and I really yeah. enjoy it. And the other thing too, and this is, I think a hard thing sometimes for young people to understand is as an actor, there's so many challenges to being involved. You know, you have to look right for the part and have the right vocal range and you have to, you know, whatever. No one really cares what the scenic painter looks like. You know, they don't care what their vocal range is or what their hair color is, or, you know, just as long as you can do a great job. And so Getting involved with design, directing, stage managing, uh, there's countless opportunities uh, when you're really great at what you're doing and are a great person to work with. So oftentimes that's uh, uh, an easier path 
not necessarily, I don't want to say easier because that's not the reason you should do it, but it's maybe sometimes a, um, a different path to a career in the arts or theater. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your night to talk to me. Well, thank um, you for the opportunity. I really enjoyed yeah, talking. Yeah, of course. This has been the Davenport Junior Theater Podcast. Thanks for listening.